I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller. I am the saucy sleuth. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cup and a half. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. So we read today Death in the Clouds. Death in the Clouds by... Agatha Christie. She's back. She's back. We back. We We've back. been gone for a minute, but we back with the jump off. Yeah, we recorded. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Lil' Kim. Uh, we <clears throat> recorded three episodes in one day and then haven't yeah. seen each other for like a month. A month, a month yeah. At least more than a month. So... Yeah. Yeah, because Melissa, you were at Disney World. And I was. Yes. And I'm sorry, but I wish I was there right now. That makes sense. That's fair. I mean, that has no reflection on you guys. It's just, <laughs> I always wish I was at Disney World. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and Tyler and I are too busy to see each other, unless it's for business purposes. Also, we're both socially anxious. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I didn't mean to call and you out like that. I was also out of town as well. Okay, well, fine. Thank I you. get it. It's like, oh, like, oh Melissa's off living a fabulous life, and Tyler's anxious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you were out of town. Having a great time. I was in town screaming. Which is in also town, a pretty great time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it can be. Screaming into the void. And I am now here recording this instead of watching... Game of Thrones or Endgame. No spoilers. Don't spoil the Endgame. Okay. All right. So this book we read. This book, yeah. Um, this book. No. Or listened to is called Death in the Clouds. It is by Agatha Christie and it is a Poirot novel. And we don't have a Hastings in this one. There's no Hastings. Oh, right. I suppose there's not. Nope. Nope. Uh, but it was... On Audible, where Tristan and I listened to it, uh, read by, performed, I should say, by Hugh Fraser, our good friend. Mm -hmm. Friend of the program, Hugh. Yes. Um, Come back to Twitter, Hugh. We miss you. Hugh, know it. Oh. Oh. Am I right? Yeah. Um, uh You are right. Here we go. Fraser. I hardly (laughs) know her. All right. For God's sakes, not. Lot of free association there, but this book was boogie. Let's get into it. I'm sorry, yeah. I interrupted, and then <laughs> that's okay. It was originally published uh, under the title of Death in the Air Ooh. on March 10th, 1935. Oh my! Wow. Yes. Uh, so we are on a plane. Yes, Tristan, do you have a thought? <gasps> yeah, I just kind of realized that uh, that's nearing a hundred years old. Like it's within. That's a. These are very old books. Yeah. yeah. That explains a lot. Uh-huh. I don't know. It just dawned on me how old this book was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you I... know that the other books that we've read are even older than this? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Excuse? Yeah. Okay. Because we're trying to read them in kind of order they were published, I kind think. Kind of, yeah. And we're doing a really good job from the, like, I read the book, and on the back <laughs> okay. of Okay! The... <laughs> like in book form. I'm literate. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I was homeschooled. I don't know what a B and a seven is. Everything else is fine. <laughs> what is well, that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I thought that uh, was okay. No, it wasn't a reference. It was just, oh, it's just a mistake. <laughs> but you read the book. And on the back of the book, it mm. has the mistake. The Hercule Poirot Mysteries in Order. Oh. So when I say that we're doing a pretty good job, that is what I'm referencing. <gasps> I see, okay. I see. Yeah. Where did you pick up your public uh, the, the copy? At my local bookstore. Oh, how nice. Amazon.com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, fair enough. So I am, I don't know, I, I don't want to, I know, I don't know if we want to get into this now or later, but... I might need to start reading the actual books. Oh, shoot. Me too. Because I am having trouble focusing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did listen to a portion mm-hmm. of the audiobook, and then I just, I needed to switch over at a point, just because it's so hard, like, to go back on the audiobook if yeah. I feel like I've missed something of significance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. So I do like listening to it, but I like having like a physical copy to also refer to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, yeah, I can see where you would, that would work well. I wonder if, huh, I could <clears throat> listen and get a Kindle copy. What? Anyway, probably. I've... They usually have deals like that. Yeah. yeah um, what I'm considering doing is if we continue to get the audiobook, listening to it as at night while I fall asleep at the beginning so I at least know the beginning parts and try to remember where I drift off yeah right. that kind of thing and then just reading it because that way you get double exposed to it I guess yeah, yeah. and it's like it's very hard to focus specifically like I keep making the mistake of like I'll listen to a book and be on the train yeah. or I'll listen to a book and like playing video games and I, my attention is always divided yeah same and when I have a book in my hand, I am reading a book. Yeah. Right. And that's the advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And especially if it's not, like, really grabbing my attention, which sometimes, I mean, we go on some meandering paths in here. It just doesn't. Yeah. yeah even some of my favorite books. Like, there's, sure. like, every now and there's a section that it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. Pick it up. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I've really taken to, like, having headphones in in the subway which mm. is i think yeah. why i'm so partial to it yeah but i also have not you know just picked up a physical book and read it in a while which is ridiculous and sad considering i like doing that mm-hmm. so i just need to get myself back in the habit anyway oh think about like we'll, act thank you so much yep. think about we'll be goldberg again <laughs> just set him up and you knock him down <laughs> we should tyler uh we should do a we'll be Goldberg fan cast. Oh my gosh, yes. We should do that on our Patreon. And there's so many of them available on Amazon Prime right now. Oh my gosh. Including Fatal Beauty and Telephone. Ooh. The lesser known Whoopi Works. (laughs) 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 Lesser known Whoopi Works. Whoopi Works sounds like. The name of the podcast? I was going to say, never won the name of the podcast. Uh huh, yes. Also. Like a workspace? Yeah, it's like an open, <laughs> open floor plan. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like a WeWork? But Whoopi Goldberg-themed oh. WeWork. Oh, that would be... Oh. One, one... TM, TM, TM. You can go the, into the ghost office. No one... <laughs> no one wants the, the Moogle office, though. <laughs> no, nobody wants to be at the computer workstation of Jumping Jack Flash. That's correct. <laughs> it's like random messages just pop up. <laughs> Oh my goodness. 
Uh, okay. So read okay. a book yeah. or something. Are uh, you sure? No. Because <laughs> it feels like we just want to talk. <laughs> Isn't that what this podcast is about? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of is. Um, okay, so Poirot's mm-hmm. on a plane. Ooh, he's in the sky. Yes. Uh, well, we don't know he is at first. Ooh, he's yeah. revealed kind of later, actually, because yeah. he sleeps through most of the flight, um, which is very charming because I wrote down a quote that uh, he said um, when they were later questioning him about... I mean, the book is called Death in the Clouds. What do you guys think happens? Um, does someone die? The death of the automotive industry? Is <gasps> oh, that I what see. This? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you know how we all take planes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I take planes to work all the time. <laughs> so, spoiler, obviously someone dies in this airplane. Yeah. But uh, when it's being investigated... Poirot says, I was asleep. I suffer almost as badly in the air as on the sea. Yes, because he <laughs> hates his stomach. The sea, the sea. <laughs> the sea. I, <laughs> I would really like to point something out in this first chapter because it starts off um, with the internal monologues of all the passengers, right? Yeah. Is it all the passengers? Well, it's well, a couple of them. Yes. It's mostly yeah. the and thing, I thought. But. There is foul language right off the bat. I don't know if you remember that. Not only no. is the B word used, but also the C word at one point. Well, and yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. What? How did I miss that? I don't know, but I, like, even I when I'm had kinda, to pause and when go When I'm like, walking down the subway stairs, yeah. if I hear the C word, I'm probably going to be like, whoa. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me? What did you say, Hugh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was very, like, because it was an internal, like, and she was very cross with somebody, and she was being very, very... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah I, I could not believe my ears. So, know that going into this book. Yeah. That you might... Captain America would not approve. Not at all. Um, but, okay, so, so, we're in the sky, people are on a plane, internal monologuing, and eventually we find... That Madame Giselle, Ooh. a uh, French moneylender, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is dead. How she died? Well, <laughs> what happened? Something stabbed her in the neck. <gasps> it was a vampire. <laughs> it was a vampire. <laughs> it's a vampire book. It's quite a twist for. It's quite a turn for Agatha. Yes, but a welcome one. <laughs> imagine if she read that'd be really good that'd be really fun actually yes yeah so she is found by an airline steward his name mm. is michael wow. he does not come back after no, this he <laughs> i would not imagine like, well it looks like i'm done being this because he is going around like there's like five minutes till they start descending mm. uh, yeah. into croydon and he's going around making sure everyone has paid for their little snacks Aboard no. the aircraft, mm-hmm. nickel and diming them. Mm-hmm. And so he fly first class. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, y'all are taking places to work and going in first class, and I, meanwhile I have to walk. Listen. Get your monthly flight pass like the rest of us. <laughs> Stephanie came up. <laughs> I flew first class for the first time. Oh. To and from Florida. Oh. And also TSA pre-check. Oh, no. It is the best thing, and I am spoiled forever. Oh, no. Because I don't ever want to wait in a security line again, and or take my shoes off, and or take my liquids out, because you don't have to do any of that for pre-check. And in first class, you board the plane first, 
they're mm-hmm. like, what can I get you to drink before yeah. this thing even takes off? And you're like, I would like a mimosa, please, at 6.30 in the morning. And they're like, sure. Would you like a double? And it's included. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> if I ever get even a whiff of Economy Plus. <laughs> Sick for a week. Oh. Can I tell you two things? One, take your liquids out. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> Sounds like something that's in a wrap song. You know, filthy. <laughs> Number two. Second shout out to Lil' Kim tonight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is... <laughs> um, Tyler, were you in a private jet at one point? Yes. Can you, do you want to talk about that experience and oh. derail this podcast further? I have also flown I in a will. private jet. Well, what's again? <laughs> what do I chop liver? What is happening? It was the most glorious yet depressing day. Uh-huh. For me, uh, so there's just no security check. Um, so <laughs> no, you just get on it. Yeah, well, you don't, cause you like they'd say that it's boarding. Mm-hmm. You walk outside, oh, a yeah. van pulls up, you get inside, and the van takes you like three feet <laughs> away to where you know you go up the stairs into the jet. Yeah, we had champagne. It oh, was a so whole, depressing. Oh, it was beautiful. No, the depressing thing was like having to fly back economy that night. Oh. And just like, ugh. Yeah. The disgust and contempt I had in my heart. I don't <laughs> doubt it. I flew in a private jet when I was 10. So I just remember that there was a drawer full of candy. Oh, wow. It was like going to a store uh-huh. and picking out whatever you wanted. But you could just go over the drawer and get candy. And My gosh. whenever you wanted to. I was 10. It was great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. I once took a bus uh, uh-huh. from Minneapolis <laughs> to New York. A Greyhound bus. Terrible experience. Yeah, sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> you should have flown first class. <laughs> in the bus. Yes, in the bus. Uh, <laughs> could, you not, could you not charter a private bus to New York? I, did, I, don't, I, just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> this is not a typical thing for me by the way i have flown literally once in a private jet oh i think it was well both back and forth um and <laughs> and um and i have only flown first class once so i'm not really you know a jet setter yeah I'm not living that jet setting life Oh, I will be, or I will not be traveling. (laughs) I don't drink anymore, so I wouldn't be able to partake in the mimosas. But what I would do is have a glass of orange juice and a NyQuil, and that's basically the same thing. Basically. You're not wrong. Um, (laughs) Oh, and also, but like, on the way there, we also got breakfast. Oh, my God. You get food. You get Uh, food. I would would love to to just demolish some eggs and, and coffee in the sky. Yeah. And, like, you want a refill? Okay. No problem. Mm-hmm. Too much coffee on a plane, though. The, the bathroom situation is bad. Oh, but there's one Yeah, you the want to have, like, a freaking air frittata. Air frittata? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite band, air frittata. <laughs> okay, so there's the dead. The, the woman has died. Okay. The stu- Michael has gone <laughs> and found the dead body. This is a very important character, Michael. <laughs> yeah. He is important. He found the body. That's Angel true. of death, you're right, Michael. You're right. And mm-hmm. Michael is also the one that approaches Gail. Oh, wait, let me before I'm a backtrack. Okay. okay. Who's let Gail? Me take, let me take you through <laughs> the passengers on Who this plane. Who are these people? Madame Madame Giselle. Mm-hmm. She's the dead lady. James Ryder. 
Armand Dupont, Jean Dupont, Daniel Clancy, Hercule Poirot, Dr. Bryant, Norman Gale, Countess of Holbury, Jane Grey, Honorable Venetia Kerr. And a partridge in a pear's <laughs> And Jane Grey is not the Jane Grey that I know everybody is thinking of, who was queen for nine days. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of that, that not and not an X-Men. Hmm? That's not the sequel. No, no, the sequel. Okay. No. It's a squeakle, though. No, in England, there was a... <laughs> <laughs> Michael approaches Norman Gale to ask if he is a doctor. He is not. He's a he is dentist. A dentist. Oh, disgusting. He is like economy class. When you think of like people who have their doctorates, uh-huh. economy class level is Norman Gale. Oh. But Dr. Bryant chimes in that he is in fact a doctor. You may have got that from his name. Mm, mm, um, mm. Then examines her and proclaims her dead. Wow. Jean Dupont informs the stewards and Bryant that he found and killed a wasp in the cabin. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and Once like a it was no- wasp. Yeah. A what? <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. You know, a wasp yeah, not, a- <laughs> well. not a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Because uh. um, they noticed that she. <laughs> they noticed that she has a mark on her neck. So the working from theory the vampire then becomes that a wasp is to be blamed for the death. Oh. The wasp stung her and then she had a heart attack and died, right? Yes. Yeah. She was allergic to wasp. Yeah. That oh. is until Poirot points out an what elaborate dart on the ground that seems to be covered in poisons consistent with those used by indigenous tribes in South America. <laughs> and with this news, the investigation begins. Do 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 do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so there's an inquest a couple of days later, and basically the court's like, hey, so we don't know who did it. Yeah. But she did get murdered. Can we talk for a second? Yeah. All right, the foreigner hate and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the 30s. My goodness. It is... There's just so much. There's just so much. Like, every other page. Yeah. And, oh my goodness. Thank God that people aren't like that anymore. Right, exactly. Um, What? (laughs) (laughs) Sarcasm. Um, (laughs) But... uh, Yes. Oh, and I mean the sexism, of course. Yeah. I can't believe a woman wrote these books, but anyway. The sexism I can excuse. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> As a man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Understandable. Mm. Um, yeah, just that's there all the time. I didn't take note of all the instances because I've yeah. been writing down the entire book. Yeah. There's a lot of it in this particular one. There really is. It was Yeah, it was so hard, so hard to take notes during this period that I just didn't. Mm. I just didn't. Yeah. I was like, yeah. 
It's also there's a lot of weirdness with like the indigenous peoples as well. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of weird because they also don't call them indigenous people. Oh, that's no. just me. Yeah, being nice. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of. Oh boy. So there's an inquest, and they're like, somebody murdered her. We don't know who. Let's do an investigation. So Poirot and yeah. and Jap, funnily enough, is there as well. Oh, yeah. He gets he happened- called in. There's a French investigator and then also Jap yeah. is helping out. Because it's, uh, the flight was from France to England. England. Correct. Um, the French investigator's name is... Louis Vuitton. Yeah. From reading it, I could not figure out the pronunciation. Since you guys heard it, I was just trying to get a read on that. I say his name a lot in my notes. Okay. Can you spell it for me? Because I just it don't is. remember off I'm yeah. trying to find it for you. That's why. Okay. Uh F O U R N I E R. Fournier. Fournier, okay. yeah. Fournier. Fournier. Yeah. So, where are we next to the story? The investigation has begun. Yeah. Jamp is like, oh, it's funny that you're here, Poirot. We have to write down all the suspects. And he's like, I'm not going to write you down. And Poirot's like, you're an idiot. Oh, no, of I, course. I am not above suspicion. You, uh, have, to raise up, you have to consider uh, everyone. What if I. What, yeah, it was very funny. Um, oh, and they have this moment where they mm-hmm. talk about. Um, you know, people, they, uh, Jap mistakes, uh, the Duponts, who are archaeologists, uh-huh. he calls them toughs, which is cool. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and he I, says, no. actually, they are some very good archaeologists, uh-huh. which Agatha Christie, her husband, her second husband, the good one, the one yeah, we like. Yeah, not the first husband. No was an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. So, like, Miss mm-hmm. Agatha liked archaeologists. Big fan. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, so Poirot says, no, you know, you you cannot always... Some of the most famous people, they they look completely, you know, they don't, they don't look like they would be famous at all. For example, I am often mistaken for a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Jeff is like, is that so? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I would like to also take a brief moment uh, to recognize that Hugh Fraser really outdoes himself in this audiobook vis-a-vis the quality of the, the acting. Um, his Irish accent is very, very strong. Yeah, and his, as always, Jap and all the different characters are very distinct, which is I'm very impressed by this specific novel. Yeah. Um. So they are suspicious of the author. Yes. Who? Because he had a blow dart. Oh, have we mentioned? So not. Yes, we found. Wait, we didn't mention. We found the dart. We oh. didn't find. Yeah. The blow pipe. The the okay, and the blow pipe was found tucked into, like, Poirot's seat, actually. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they uh, they find it, and then as they're questioning people, it turns out that the author has written a story in which that is used as a murder weapon. Two. One short story and one novel. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so he's, like, about it. So he bought one. Yeah. And not a good look. Freely admits to it, and they're like, "Well, there we go." And mm-hmm. he's like, "No, but yeah, no, I still have it, and it's not here." Yeah, and Poirot quite rightly is like, "Why would he tell us if he had bought one? If it would, why yeah, would he ever admit that?" That would be that? stupid. Yeah, which is 
true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very <laughs> taken with Poirot. Yes. Um, and he's like, oh, it's a real detective. He knows exactly who Poirot is. Yeah, um, because he's a murder mystery yes, writer, which exactly. is very fun. Yeah. Clancy. Clancy. Not Tom Clancy. Different guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Yes, me too. Yeah. Uh, I was not. Oh. Well, fine. Okay, then. Um... Would you first say? Would you say you were on a different page? Oh, oh she did it! <laughs> she, <laughs> she did it! <laughs> oh, that was very good. Oh, the contents of everyone's pockets and bags, because Poirot wants to know it, and everyone is like, "Why?" But he's okay. like, "No, I need to know this." So I want to set a beat, and then you're gonna read the list. In okay. I don't, I don't know what's happening. You, you have a list of contents, right? Yes. So, <laughs> read it in time. James, oh, oh, gosh, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> Make it a game. It's got to be fun. Okay. Pressure, 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 pressure. James Ryder, pockets, linen, handkerchief, mark, J, pasteskin, note case, seven, pound, notes, three, business cards, letter from partner, George, everyone hoping loan has been successfully negotiated. Otherwise, we're in Queer Street. Problematic letter, sign, Maudie, making appointment, Trocadero, following evening, cheap, paper, illiterate, handwriting, silver. Well done. Well done. I'd like to say for the record that this chapter is literally called The List. Uh, Thank you for indulging me. (laughs) Such a sport. Silver cigarette case. (laughs) A match folder, fountain pen, bunch of keys, Yale door key. I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, And then lose. The key to Yale. Yeah. Then why do so many people have it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's a brand. I don't know. I'll look it up. Um, Then he has an attache case. Dr. Bryant in his pockets. Two linen handkerchiefs. Note case containing 20 pounds and 500 francs. Loose change in French and English money. An engagement book. A cigarette case. Lighter. Mm. Fountain pen. Another Yale door key. Um, It's Um, one that uses a more random set of teeth teeth so that it's harder to unlock. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's just a type of key. That's cool. Um, Dr. Bryant also has a flute. <laughs> he does. He loves music. So do I, but I, I don't like Harry Recorder in my pocket. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> 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 oh, no, I've been hanging out with you too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Norman Gale. Pockets. He has a silk handkerchief, a wallet containing one pound, because he's a broke person. <laughs> Loose change. Business cards of two French firms, uh, makers of dental instruments. Um, he also has a Bryant in May matchbox, which is empty. A silver lighter, briar pipe, rubber tobacco pouch, and yet another Yale door key. Does everyone have a Yale door key? Almost everybody. All right. <laughs> Armand Dupont has a wallet containing a thousand francs. Dang. And ten pounds in English. Spectacles in case. Not in case, but in case. <laughs> in case. And also, need... in case. Yeah. <laughs> I might need right. to do some light reading. I never know. Yeah. Uh, loose change in French money. Cotton handkerchief. Packet of cigarettes. Match folder. 
cards in case and in case and toothpick. <laughs> Jean Dupont, a note case containing five pounds in English, 300 in francs, cigarette case, cigarette holder, ivory. Ooh. He a nasty man. <laughs> Lighter, fountain pen, two pencils, small notebook. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at Tristan. It's always a mistake. <laughs> oh. Um, That's true. And then he has some letters and some loose change. Daniel Clancy has the most in his daggone pockets. A handkerchief, ink stain, fountain pen leaking, note case containing four pounds and a hundred francs, three newspaper cuttings dealing with recent crimes, two letters from house agents, an engagement book, four pencils, a pen knife, three receipts, and four unpaid bills. Tacky. Um, Another letter, a half-done crossword puzzle, notebook containing suggestions for plots, loose change in Italian, French, Swiss, and English money. Hotel bills and a bunch of keys. He's doing the most. Always. And then in his overcoat pocket, a manuscript note, a golf ball, a pair of socks, a toothbrush, (laughs) and another bill. Honestly, that sounds like what I have in my purse (laughs) at any given moment, including the golf ball. Weird, Mm. right? Yeah, a a little weird. (laughs) I'm kidding. It's not true. Miss Kerr has lipstick, two cigarette holders, one ivory and one jade. Ooh. Because she fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, flapjack. Okay. Like a pancake? She's got a <laughs> pancake in her pocket! <laughs> You're telling me this lady, this refined lady. There's a jack that needs to be flapped. Is she ready for oh, it? Okay. Oh, you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> a cigarette case, a match folder, handkerchief. Loose change, uh, one half letter of credit, keys, um, bottles, brushes, combs, a manicure outfit, washing bag containing toothbrush sponge, tooth powder, soap, two pairs of scissors, five letters from family and friends in England, uh, two novels, and I really adored this. Photographs of two spaniels. Just like dogs. That's so sweet. Miss Gray has lipstick rouge. She got a flapjack. Uh, <laughs> Yale key. One trunk key, pencil, cigarette case, match folder, two handkerchiefs, receipted hotel bill, a small book, a note case. She got money. Not a whole lot. Um, some postcards, two handkerchiefs, a silk scarf, and a letter signed Gladys. Hmm. So I've just been informed by Google... Um, a flapjack is a, a powdering. It's uh, the thing that has the mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a, a compact. compact? Yeah, yeah, it's another name for a compact. That's a terrible name for a compact. Yes, it is. But I much prefer the idea of pancakes in a pocket. Yeah. So, like so does shoes. the New Day. Because New Day rocks. At WWE. you've isolated us you've isolated our audience you don't know if Big E Kofi Kingston or Xavier Woods listen to the podcast that's fair Okay. tweet at him them all of them all of them all the new day oh all you know the new day day. a little it's I come in and out of wrestling it yeah it's been a minute they're great 
Lady Horbury. Oh, we're still two going. Two lipstick. She's the last person. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Horbury, two lipsticks, rouge, flapjack, handkerchief, three mile notes, six pounds, English loose change, a diamond ring, five French stamps, two cigarette holders, lighter with case, complete makeup outfit, elaborate manicure set, small bottle labeled in ink, boreatic powder. What she find out is cocaine. Ooh. Oh. She nasty. Yeah, she has a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yes. But, it is. You know. A lot of a lot of people in these novels do. Yeah, I think that's also indicative of like how 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 do I put like cocaine has been around for a very long time. Yeah, it has. And for a while it was treated as like an actual medicine and then so rich people could kind of get it. But everyone's like, everyone's kind of a jerk on cocaine. We don't like it. But then it went away and they came back in a huge way in the 80s, which I think is fascinating. That Like, there's this 50-year period where people were, like, doing cocaine, but it wasn't as big of an issue for whatever reason. Yeah. It's in that Cole Porter song, though, of course, too. Yeah. yeah. And coming back in the 80s, it's almost like the government might have had something to do with it. That's fair. Mm. Mm. ADC investigates tonight at 10. <laughs> Can we do a Patreon episode about Watergate? <laughs> hey, we read this this cool mystery yeah. that we heard about. Oh. Can we do the OG? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. <sighs> so what happens then? Poirot finds what he is looking for, mm. but does say it doesn't work within his theory. He mm. also does not let us know what the heck he's talking about. That is true. As per usual. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jap and Fournier yeah. are going to continue their investigations, mm. and Poirot is like, you know what? I'm going to go back to France. Yeah. I'm going to go do some stuff there. And he does. And on their flight back... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And on their flight back, Poirot tries different means of accurately using the blow dart. Uh, right. <laughs> as he tries to, like, not be seen by passengers, but, like, here's this little Belgian man <laughs> with a blow dart on a plane. I, I cannot wait to see Suchet try to do this thing. <laughs> oh, God. That would be so much oh. Oh. So good. It's going to be so wonderful. Uh-huh. Uh, but, of course, like, it's, like, pretty much impossible for him to not be seen you know, blowing the dart yeah. as it were. Mm-hmm. And that is when I think Melissa wants to take this away with meeting uh, Giselle's maid. Okay, so we meet Giselle's maid, and we get a clearer picture of who Giselle right. was. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that you know she was a money lender, and it sounds like she was basically blackmailing people. Yeah. To get their money back. Like, everyone always paid this lady back because otherwise stuff went down. So, uh, and then as they're talking to her, they learn that, in fact, she had a daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who would, they were estranged, like, they didn't live together, like, ever at all. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, you know, she wasn't raised by her. There we go. Yeah. That's the phrase. And so, um, but she would have still inherited all her fortune because, you know, it's only right. That's the way it was done. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an interesting bit of info. Yes. 
She stands to benefit most from the death of yeah. Zell. But there's also a bunch of people that owe her money that are probably mm-hmm. going to be, you know, happy that she's not yeah. alive anymore as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of people that have motive to kill her. Yeah. And what's also interesting is that <clears throat> when they arrive, uh, Poirot and Fournier, to the estate, uh, they go to Giselle's office immediately and find that, like, it seems right, like yeah. everything has been cleared out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's revealed that um, the maid, she, the maid, the maid had, had yeah. destroyed everything yeah. per Giselle's instruction. Yeah. yeah. Like, if anything should happen to me, burn it. Burn mm-hmm. it all. And she does, with the exception of a little black book. Mm. Which, after some prodding, uh, straight up accusing, jacuzzing, if you will, of Poirot, yes. of this lady, she eventually hands over. And inside the black notebook, uh, it contains some codes about her sleuthing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It contains uh, some codes, like it's a bunch of uh-huh. like letters and numbers. Mm-hmm. It's all of her Wi-Fi passwords, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Uh, think of your parents' Wi-Fi password, and that essentially is what these codes are. Mm-hmm. Yes. We resume then with Fournier talking with Georges, who is very annoyed to have to speak to any policeman. Right. Um, we don't learn much here. Uh, but Poirot <laughs> learns, or later tells Poignet about the black book, which kind of frustrates him. Because mm-hmm. he was like, why wouldn't she tell me? And he's like, you're the police, and I'm just like, I'm just this dude. Yeah. Also here asking questions. Yeah. Lady Halbury had a maid mm. um, during the flight. so. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they go and look into the maid. Because um, she would have had a really good opportunity to commit the crime as well. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. At some point, there is a part where Poirot asks, who is it, Gail, to dress up? Yes. Yeah, that happens much later. Yeah. Much later? Yeah. yeah. Near the end of the book. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I believe. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the third act. Okay. Can I tell you? Yes. This book does have a problem. And at least for me. Uh-huh. And the problem is we keep cutting away from the investigation mm-hmm. and dealing with these people's lives yeah. in a way that doesn't enhance the investigation in any way or the mystery. Like at one point we cut to I can't remember who it is, but he's out at his estate and he wants to get a, divor- a divorce. Oh, Stephen, uh, Horbury's oh, yeah. husband. Yeah, which has nothing to do with anything really. I mean, it does, but it really doesn't. Like it's tension. like we just like she just threw in like these random like love story like yeah. these romance bits. Yeah, I wonder if this was around the time that she was like having her marriage troubles. Interesting. Oh, I don't remember. Because um, like he was. wants to leave his wife for another woman, that yeah. is which yeah is, is what happened yeah. to to our friend Agatha. Um, yes, uh, so yeah, it is a little hard to follow the investigation because we do keep coming in and out, and also it, I don't know, some of it seems to happen in kind of a random order. Yeah, like it's not 
it's kind of non-important when it happens and so it like it doesn't have as much of an arc yeah right. yeah um but the next bit i have is um back on the black book mm-hmm. uh poirot like kind of encourages Fournier to be like hey like we're both trying to do this thing let's just really do this together now please yeah so they review the black book together and they settle on five entries seemingly have to do with um characteristics of the people in the plane and i'll read the following five entries cl 52 stop it (laughs) (laughs) cl 52 english peer peeress husband rt 362 dr harley street mr 24 forged antiquities xvb 724 english embezzlement gf45 attempted murder english you sunk my battleship <laughs> Go so home. those are the <laughs> i am so those are the things that in her like ledger of yes yeah. those are the five entries yeah. and they suspect that number 1 pertains to lady horbury the second to be dr bryant the third monsieur dupont the fourth, James Ryder, and last, they couldn't quite figure out. Yes. Right. Okay. Indeed. Something happens that wasn't important, and then next we... <laughs> 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 yeah, a lot of this book yeah. is unfortunately oh, uh, as well. Oh, Poirot is talking to, like, Fournier's, like, superior. Oh, I don't even like, remember that. Yeah, they're having, like, some banter, because it wasn't important. It just, like, I now remember it, because mm. Fournier comes back in... Because he has found the seller of the blow darts. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. A Monsieur Zeropoulos. And confirms that Dupont is a regular. But said the buyer of the blow dart in question was an American. Right. Tall. And it is also revealed that the tips that he sold were red, not black and yellow, as previously found. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Thank you. You <laughs> <laughs> Um... <laughs> However, this bit of information does not seem to bother Poirot, much to the uh, confusion of Hornier. Mm-hmm. Next, they head to the offices of Universal Airlines. It is there we learn that the American arranged to have Madame Giselle's flight uh, to be switched from the 845 oh, to the right. 12 o'clock yes, flight. Yes, yes. So that she would fly on the Prometheus, the name of the plane that we began this story with. I want to ride on planes and name things like the Prometheus. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when do we stop doing that? Come on. Next time I'm on a private jet, I'm just, just going to christen. Just <laughs> don't name your plane Icarus. Oh, yeah, that would be very yeah. bad. That would be very bad. Oh, my yeah. Phaeton might not be great either. Uh, but he also <laughs> arranged this American to have her sit Specifically in seat number two. Oh, right, yeah. And seemingly bought a plane ticket right next to her mm-hmm. under some... Um, pseudonym. Pseudonym, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that chair remains empty the entire leg of the flight. Um, next, we are with the Horburys. Stephen confronts his wife, Cicely, a.k.a. Lady Horbury, because uh, he believes that she has borrowed money from Giselle, and now he wants 
out of this marriage. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you said the leg of the flight, and then I imagine someone using their legs like wings to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on me. That's oh. my bad. But it happened. It did. It seems like they have like a sort of Green Acres kind of marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, does anyone remember? I've never seen the show. But I've heard the, yeah, intro a Goodbye, million Goodbye, city life. Yeah, you are my wife. Right. Goodbye. Right. And I always, that struck me from when I was a kid. When I was, yeah. like, just hearing it in the background, I was like, that seems wrong. <laughs> but it makes so much sense that Donald Trump sang that at the Emmys one year. I remember uh, that. Oh, right. terrible. Um, that's Jaja Gabor's sister in that yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't remember her first name. Miss Gabor. Ava. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. That helped. But he is also in love with Kerr, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever. She's weird. Like It's like Valentina or something like that. Valeri- it's not Valeria. Um, but anyway. <laughs> it's something Valerian like- and the Five Planets. What was that dumb <laughs> movie? I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> uh, but like... She was a passenger on the plane, who, yeah. uh, the woman that he's in love uh, with. I believe Flareon is correct. <laughs> Vaporeon, if anything, <laughs> <Okay>. sir. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. We're doing a Pokemon thing. <laughs> I was going to go into Game of Thrones with uh, Viserion. Drogon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had a Viserion? Oh. Okay, where, where's the story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so, we're... Jane... Uh, remember her? Oh, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting because I remember her so distinctly. I was following her through the entire thing. Okay. Oh. I was like, uh, because from the beginning mm-hmm. when she was like gambling, like she was. Oh right, yeah, yeah. The, like whole gambling story yeah. where she like won the on the what was it the craps table or yeah. something and um yeah I was like oh are you the most important character in this play I don't know. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, I only took notes at this point um, because Jane is at Monsieur Antoine's, and like we get like this weird description. Like it seems like he's not terribly fond of her. Yeah, and we are told by his maid that he is. <laughs> I'm sorry. He is sitting on a fence, watching which way the cat will jump. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, is this a euphemism for something? Is he literally watching a cat jump across a fence? What is happening? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta start using that. <laughs> oh, gotta go see which way the cat jumps, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't know what you mean at all. How <laughs> the fuck is? Pa- Poirot had some like fun mixed metaphors. In this oh, one he too. did. Um, he says um, the fool Tomery, which is oh, very yeah, fun. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very fun. Yeah. Language is arbitrary. That bit was only important for cat jumps. Um, Jane is interested in young archaeologist Jean Dupont. Yes. Yes. Yes, she Who flew is. with her in the same plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. And doesn't Poirot get her a job as, like, she he hires yes. her as his secretary. Yeah. And yeah. I had a Paris. really confusing sentence um, there, but my next, yeah, that was That's the next Because <laughs> don't we follow Jane and then the dentist? 
for a while because they're investigating oh, themselves. Gail. Yeah, Gail and Jane are hanging out. And oh, yes, that's what that... And they no, follow Clancy around because he's talking to himself. And they're like, oh, that's suspicious. Right. And he's, The author. Yeah. And then they follow him to his home and Poirot is there. And Poirot is like, well, okay, well, we're all interested in this. So how about this? Uh, Jane comes in, pretends to be my secretary, and we just talk to him. And Gail, you go away. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what happens. Yeah. Um, and Clancy is a mess. Yeah. He has a he has banana peels and orange juice just on furniture. He cannot find a place for Poirot to sit. Or yeah. for a fruit to go. He actually apparently. says that in the beginning of the book. Mm. He's like, well, because they're trying to figure out where his uh, blow pipe is. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I am not the tidiest. I don't remember his accent. He's the Irishman. Oh, right, yeah. He's like, I'm not the tightest person. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, this place obviously isn't too appealing. Oh. bananas and oranges Yeah, have yeah at peels. one point. <laughs> 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 oh, um, at one point, he eats a banana in front of Poirot and then throws it into the fireplace, which I think is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take care of itself. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, what an incendiary mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kiss in the air. <laughs> and then it lands. Oh. Um, not like that joke. Anyway, so, so, so. So. Um, after that, they continue this guise of her being his secretary. And through doing the interview with the Dupont, um, yeah. he asks them, <laughs> he asks them back. to go to the place where they're doing archaeology, but bring Jade and pay her. Employ her. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey. Poirot's like, hey, why don't you bring Jane along for your dig? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that took a turn. Ever, uh, I, was, I wasn't ready for it. Hey, Melissa, you ever been on a dig? <laughs> <laughs> well. Here at Amateur Detective Club oh, After Hours. <laughs> I can't even do the bit. <laughs> Is that a banana in the fireplace? <laughs> we take a month off. <laughs> it becomes bad. We forgot how to podcast. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Uh, okay. So, um, they go from there and they go to the archaeologist and everything seems fine. And then there's like a couple of chapters where a diddly squat happens and Jane and Gail are like, you know, hanging out. They they fall in love inexplicably. Like you do. Like you do. I um, guess he's handsome or something. He's handsome. He has a secure job. Oh, his dentistry is not doing well because everyone is scared of him that he's going to kill them because he's involved in a murder. Jane, however, works as a hairdresser and everyone comes to see the girl that may have murdered someone. So yeah. they're at like opposite ends. Well, th- to be completely fair. Yeah. A murdering dentist sounds terrifying. We've all seen um, Little Shop Horrors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or like a dentist that was involved in a murder seems suspicious, I should say. Yes. Whereas a hairdresser that was involved in a murder, she's going to tell you all these stories. Absolutely. That is what those jobs do. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah, dentists dentist. are sadists. That is what I've learned from Little Shop of Horrors. That is true. Um, I did imagine Steve Martin as Gail, which was very fun for me. Oh, well, that's uh, yeah. nice for you. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I did as well. Yeah. Good, good. Um, 
so uh, Gail keeps going on about like I'm gonna move to Canada or I'm gonna move to New Zealand. I gotta get out of here, start over with my dentistry where nobody knows me. And she's yeah. like, Oh, can I please come with? Because I'm so madly in love with you. And yeah. he's like, Fine. Sweetheart. And who I thought of as Queen Latifah because I recently watched Beauty Shop again. Oh, amazing. So they all go. And there's all that interpersonal relationship stuff. Ick. Get back to the plot, Agatha. Yes. <laughs> Truly. Uh, it's not about human emotion at all. Um, and then Poirot is like, hey, guys, guess what? I got it. Chicken I... butt. <laughs> I got this one. Everyone come come to this, this parlor. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And he invites Clancy and Gail and Jane and Jap. Yes. And then he re- does the big reveal. The denouement. And I think this is a great time. To take a little break. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. This is Tristan, the Saucy Sleuth, here to remind you you can support us using Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller. And we also have some bonus content up there for you. We're hoping to do more as the year proceeds forward. You, We're also on the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out all the wonderful shows there, such as Spooky Spouses, Historical Hotties, um, and, oh, there's another one that's on the tip. It's on the tip of your gun. State your case. Okay. Oh, that was nerve-wracking for me. Um, I hope you're enjoying this episode, and I hope you're having a good day. Um, by the way, Tyler and Melissa are going to be in some plays coming up, so if you're in the New York City area, look for their plays on their social media. I'm doing a bunch of stand-up as well. You can follow us on Twitter for updates there. Um, that's it. Uh, talking like uh, Jeff Goldblum. Hope you're having a great time, and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Yeah. And we're back. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that mystery. Oh. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Didn't know I was, was going to say that. Matter, I also kind of want a Kit Kat now. I know, they're so good. They're really good candy. So, <laughs> uh, Gail did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, but why? Uh, he And how? And how? Oh, he, uh, <laughs> apparently stewards used to wear coats that look similar to dentists. Dentist coats? So he disguised himself as a steward using his dentist coat, and he was um with uh, his... Giselle's um, daughter, right? Yeah, he figured and... out. So he figured out that Giselle had a lot of money and that he could inherit it if mm-hmm. he married her daughter. Yes. So he did that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, who oh, was the maid of yeah. Lady Hawbury was actually Anne Marceau, who was the estranged daughter. The estranged daughter who um, does also die. Oh yeah, he yeah, murders he, her too. He kills her as well. The whole plan was that he would. Um, marry her, kill Lady Gis- uh, Madame Giselle, and then kill the mm-hmm. kill his wife, so he would inherit all the money. Yeah, which I don't understand, because like if you have like a solid enough marriage, why risk it? You know. Yeah. Well, like she could have lived. Clearly, they didn't have a solid marriage. Yeah. It was built on the pretense of him marrying her, so yeah. so that he could get money. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so you were explaining how like how physically does it? No, oh, sorry. Oh, I was um, because Poirot was trying to figure out the blow dart thing. Yeah, and he was like, this he, doesn't make sense. Yeah, he doesn't even use a blow dart. He just leans over. 
as he's disguised as a steward, just stabs her in the neck real quick, dropping the dart as he goes. He, like, puts an extra spoon in her cup and, like, stabs her in the neck. Yep. And he he sets loose the wasp. Yes, he has a wasp in a box. Yes. It's a wasp in a box. <laughs> and he sets it loose so that it looked like the wasp stung her mm-hmm. and ha- she had a heart attack and died. Yeah, and then he planned on just scooping up the dart. But he dropped it on the ground. Yeah. He was planning to scoop it up, and then Poirot noticed it. It was messy. Yes, he was messy. But what really done him in was falling in love with Jane. And so he was like, okay, we got to speed this up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to get married to her. Yeah. Which is so goofy, if you think about it. It's like, you're murdering people. Don't Can't you get your priorities right? Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, You know, love and stuff. So Ugh. he he kills uh, Marceau. Um, and Marceau, the daughter. And uh, then Poirot finds him out before he can marry Lady Jane. He also, when Poirot tells him all this, tries to beat the crap out of Poirot. He yeah. lunges yeah. at him, and Jab is like, no. What are you even doing? He's, I'm a policeman. Yeah, I'm right here. Is very interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, so it turns oh, out. Doesn't something like stupid happens where like. <laughs> Probably. He gives himself away because Poro is like, Oh, we right. found like your fingerprints. And he's like, I used a glove. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, Oh, yeah, you that's right. Dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. During the denouement. Which is very funny. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a silly Billy. Yeah. So basically, that's the book. Yeah. What do we think of the book? Hmm. I'd give it six and a handlebar. Six and a handlebar. Six and a handlebar. Why, why, why? <laughs> you, like, banished me. It was so funny. You're like, stop it. Stop it with the clapping. <laughs> if you want to get rid of the clapping, say I. 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 <laughs> I've had it for years, but um bum <laughs> So I gave it. (laughs) I gave it six and a handlebar because I did like the reveal at the end. Yeah, and I did like the developing relationship of Poirot and this French detective. Yeah, that was very. Yeah, that was nice. And I like that bit, uh, like that chapter or two about Giselle's maid. Like we just learned, like with such wonderful, wonderful and rich. Character development in just those two yeah yeah that was really uh, good chapters, but there was a lot that I just did not need to read yeah mm-hmm. like so much like in mystery I get it like there are supposed to be like some red herrings there, there sure. are supposed to be like divergent paths you know but this had far too yeah far too much that had too little to do with the Hobbery business for yeah. instance yeah. and was... at one point we just stopped following Poirot with yeah. Jane and Gale and it's just like okay yeah and whenever almost always when we stop following Poirot I don't care yeah yeah, absolutely yeah we want to follow we want to know about the detective that's that's the perspective that we like perspective detective yeah so I would give it I'm gonna give it five and a half hmm um, and I think I would like it more if I had read the book rather than listen to it on Audible. I think that this is becoming a big problem for me, actually, um, mm-hmm. because uh, 
it's just so easy to lose focus when you're on the train and you have to walk down the subway stairs. But, um, but yeah, and it wasn't easy to, to come back in, which is part of the problem. Um, and yeah, I was not into all of the nationalism, basically, I mm. guess that was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Xenophobia. And, uh, yeah, it was just really rampant. Um, but there was a lot about it. Like the actual mystery itself was cool, but yeah, there was yeah. just so much unnecessary stuff stuff. I hope that it's an episode of, um, it is. yeah, great. It's probably I, very good. Yeah, that was my assumption as well. When you have to, in order to trim the fat of the story, it would become a very good mystery. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give it a six. It's fine. Um, yeah. I like a lot of, everything to do with Poirot was very good. Um, yeah. He was at peak form with all his like um, malapropisms and yeah. so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked the idea that he was fixated on the wasp. I liked that a lot. Um, and that was a cool thing too. Yeah. And again, the bug. Again, the bug. Yeah. Do you know that they study Protestants? But yeah, it was very, like, all that was very good, but it did just wander a lot. And it also, like, at one point, like, to your point with the red herrings, like, it, when they go talk to Clancy, every time Agatha puts herself in a book in the form of a murder mystery writer, it's very funny, very telling. Oh, yeah. Because. Clancy clearly is her, and at one point he's like, "Yeah, there should be a lot of red herrings at a certain point, but it's it's you do have to keep it on track." I'm like, "Okay, so you are aware of your own problem." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, I liked also that Jap and Poirot get along in this one that they yeah. weren't fighting. That was very nice. They do, but I actually got a little bit more of the snark because I wasn't getting it when we were reading books for mm-hmm. a bit or like short stories or whatever mm. it was. Yeah. And then when we first watched the TV show, I was like, "Why are they? Why is Jap so grumpy about Poirot?" And I got actually a little bit of the grump, but it was kind of just like a "Oh yeah, this guy" kind of grump yeah. instead of like "Oh, I hate him." Yes. Ma. So, is there anything else? No. Okay. Then I call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. It is now done. This is the sound of a gavel. Clankety clank.